0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another new Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. This time, it's with Steve from the band Wolves at the Gate. This is a quick intro because I know you want to get to the conversation I had with Steve. Wolves at the Gate are releasing their third full-length studio album called Types and Shadows on Solid State Records on November 4th. Make sure you go and pre-order your copy I've had a chance to listen to the album a few times before I spoke with Steve, and let me tell you, it is a great album. In order to give you a taste of types and shadows, take a listen to the track Asleep before the conversation with Steve. So here's Asleep. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ian Hates Music. My guest tonight is Steve from Wolves at the Gate. Steve, thank you very much for being on the show. Definitely my pleasure. We just had a great little intro off air that I wanted to just <laughs> bring up something real quick. So you said you get a chance to listen to some podcasts normally, right? Do you have any favorites?
1: Um, noise Creators. Um, ah, yeah! I don't know if I don't know if you're familiar but basically they just interview different producers or it's not exclusively producers but mostly and uh, I just love hearing about the process because I love making records I love writing music I love recording it and so it's really cool to hear different people's philosophies right um because it's mostly just about the creativity process like the the nuts and bolts of what type of gear certain guys use like that's not necessarily up my alley uh because yeah but i more so like the process and how people are creative and and what kind of i guess atmosphere or um vibe different producers aim for with their bands so uh, i definitely like that podcast um i've listened to a little bit of lead singer syndrome oh, sure. uh, which yeah. is just has been interesting uh, just kind of hearing uh like Jane. interviews. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um and I think another one has been um oh man, what's it called? Is it called Going Off Track?
0: Going Off Track. I don't I don't know if I know that one.
1: It's with the, the it's with the, the dude who used to be on Fuse. Uh
0: he was the host of Fuse. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I might have to look at it. Well, it's hard yeah, for me, I gotta be honest, it's hard for me to listen to anyone else who's doing this, because I never want their <laughs> stuff to seep in to what I'm doing. That's a good
1: point.
0: But that's I have I have checked out Shane every once in a while, because come on, I mean, he's one of my favorite all-time vocalists, so why would I not oh, check cool. him out? Yeah, every once in a while, it's nice to hear what he's doing, because he'll have something that I will never be able to do on the show, which is, he's got that complete background of doing it all, right? Yeah. And that's kind of yeah, which is which is
1: yeah, which is cool because there's you know some young bands that seems like they've taken on tour or just bands like bands that have been around that they've toured with from back in the day. So uh, it's cool. It's a cool kind of interesting dynamic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Silverstein right now they're out with Memphis Mayfire and they're out with Devil Wears Prada, I think too. Yeah. So Devil Wears Prada is headlining that show, but I think Silverstein could easily do it. But because Silverstein doesn't have anything new coming out, I think that's why they've taken that backseat role, because what do they care, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the show's going to be good regardless, so.
0: Exactly. And actually, on that kind of topic right there, do you get to go to live shows like you want to, or are you kind of more of a homebody?
1: Uh, kind of a mix of both. It's tough. Like, uh, I guess maybe I'm a little moody in that department, but uh, <laughs> it's like if I don't, if I'm just tired and don't want to be in that loud environment that like I just left for, you know, months at a time. Right. Uh, but uh, as well, it's also awesome to see like your buddies who are on the road because I know what it's like when I'm on tour and my friends will come out like when I'm at their city, and uh, and also just like when my friends are on tour with like rad bands, like that's that's really cool because you know the guests listening go watch
0: some cool bands. Right. Is there anyone that's out there right now that you've kind of been looking forward to seeing?
1: Yeah, well, like, uh, I'm good buddies with the guys in Fit for a King. Oh, sure. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them because I haven't seen them in a while, just as friends. Like, there was a time where we, like, I saw them so much. It was strange. Right. Uh, but it's been a while. And also, I'd love to see Every Time I Die because uh, their new record is awesome.
0: Yeah, are you a big fan of Low Teens?
1: Yeah, I, I was kind of taken back, you know, because, like, they're a band that consistently puts out good music. Right. Um, but this, this record was like a revitalization for them. Uh, it just seemed like they were putting out their first record again, if that makes sense. Had that kind of energy to it.
0: No, it really does. I mean, when we talked about it on the show, I actually think, for me, that that might be their best album to date. At least in my opinion. I really, really yeah. liked it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't dis. yeah, I wouldn't disagree. And there's another band that's been around forever, uh Norma Jean, who just put out a new record, who I'd also say that was probably their best record cuz it was like everything that I've come to love about the band, you know how they've come into their own like very melodically in the past couple of records. Right. But I love kind of like the rage of the last the old, you know, previous uh, discography, but this new record kind of just did all of that somehow. Uh So it was really cool.
0: No, I completely agree. And actually, that was when I know we're kind of going all over the place at the beginning here. But that was was one of the questions I was going to ask you. And I've actually had all these bands on the show except for Norma Jean. But you're on Solid State Records. And right now, this year has been their year. If you look at Silent Planet's new album, Forevermore, Fit for a King, Norma Jean, and now yours. It's pretty amazing. Like... Being on that label, especially for how long you've been there, do they constantly kind of push you to put out the best work you can? Like, are you constantly thinking to yourself, like, oh, man, these bands are putting out amazing albums. We got to push ourselves to be the very best we can be.
1: Yeah, I guess conceptually, not like uh, in like earshot of like, you know, our friends who are making records. But to be honest, I'll never be more competitive with anybody else except myself. Ah, sure. Um, Okay you know uh it's like uh against me is a pretty cool band and they had this quote in one of their songs off their record new wave i think Mm -hmm. where they said we'll never be the bands we want to hear okay and and i feel like that's such a true statement you know because it's like the bands i love listening to i like go back and listen to our songs and be like oh man our music's terrible you know (laughs) sure like i listened to norma Jean's record that came out and i was just like Should we release ours? or? (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) But it's
1: it's all in the eye of the beholder.
0: I know that. That's very true. I've been completely shocked talking to everyone on that label and these bands that are coming out with just amazing records. And I got to say, and I'm not saying this because you're on the show, you're on the show because of this. I have been loving Types and Shadows. Really, really loving. I was lucky enough to get in advance. So, you know, that way I know a little bit more while talking to you today. Oh, great. Oh, it was so good. Like, I just can't wait to continually put it on repeat. And I'm really looking forward to getting a lyric book for it because I want to go through everything. Yeah, so awesome. do me a favor for the audience that hasn't heard a lot of it yet. Can you go through kind of how you're feeling? Because the album's coming out November 4th. It's on Solid Mm -hmm. State Records. It really, really is great. Like, are you extremely excited to finally get this out to everyone?
1: Yeah, this is this has been like probably one of the longer processes of getting music out there, uh, both just like for me creatively, um, not because it took me a long time to write songs. Like we wrote a lot of songs. We probably had like 30 before we got into the studio. Okay. Um, just because, you know, yeah, we, we just really wanted to push ourselves and, uh, you know, myself, like I just, I really wanted to see myself grow uh, and how I write music. And, uh, so it was kind of, it was really fun, but like really painful at times too. Cause you just kind of get sick of yourself and you're just like, stop writing what you would write. And, uh, because, <laughs> because like, uh, you know, it's like I have, everybody has a natural tendency and every musician knows that they know that it's like, man, I know I could, I would so easily just do this, you know, and kind of just trying to th- think about, uh, every decision, because it does matter, you know. Um, So,
0: yeah. I would imagine that it has to happen for a lot of people. So do you normally write all the lyrics for the album, or is it kind of co-done with the band itself as well?
1: Uh, I do the vast majority of the lyrics, uh, mainly because of writing the vocals, you know. Uh, Very few times... Are there just, like, lyrics out there in space that make their way into songs? Right. There's, like, very special songs that that'll happen with. Um, And because I'm also writing the music, um, the lyrics, I'm thinking about, like, the tone of the song and then what sort of content is going to fit, you know, the tone or feel of this song, too. So it all kind of works in tandem subconsciously if that makes any sense
0: no it, it does believe me i've i've heard people mention that before i personally am not talented enough to get that to work so i'm glad that other people are <laughs> <laughs> that works very well basically you're writing the music and you're writing the lyrics so are you writing everything for nick as well like is he doing the unclean vocals for parts that you're writing to?
1: Yeah, so the way things work with Nick and I is I always have a vision of what, um, like, his parts are going to be. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's really in the studio that we kind of sit down and go, all right, are we really feeling this? This is working. And then the other big thing I'll ask Nick is, like, do you like doing this part? Right. Does it feel good, you know? Um, and so that's when we really work through those things. Um you know Nick will work on like patterns and stuff like that uh, or uh sometimes I'll just I'll just tell him hey I'm writing a song about this um just give me some thoughts uh you know and sometimes sometimes it's really helpful just to kind of get another mind on it sure. on like the lyrics and then it you know it kind of causes me to maybe think outside the box and it helps me in the creative process as well so um Yeah, it's very collaborative with Nick and I. um, Oh, good. Okay. Just because, like, I come up with the concepts of all the songs, musically and uh, lyrically, and so it kind of has to be that way, so it's fluid, you know? Ah,
0: okay. Does that fluidness, does that actually go for when there's unclean vocals and when there's going to be the clean vocals? Like, is that organic, or is that actually planned out?
1: Um... A little bit of both. I would probably say more so planned out um, because, you know, uh, as I'm writing the songs, like, you know, melodies will come to me or I'll have a melody in mind. And so I'll know where I want melodies to go. And then, uh, you know, we'll kind of... And the other thing, too, on this record, we really tried to think about, um, you know, not necessarily like, oh, this part's heavy, so there should be screaming, And this part's, you know, but try to think, how can we, how can we express what needs to be said in the song? And also, how should it feel? And not really think about, you know, what the actual part is, uh, if
0: that makes sense as well. I think that works, especially hearing the album. I think that works very well, because I've never seen you from the very beginning. I've never seen you guys as a band that is like, okay, so we've got a screamer who's going to do all of the verses and then clean vocals are going to come in for the chorus and then we'll go back to uncleans and we'll do it like that. It's never at least seemed to me like it was a formula. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have, especially with Types and Shadows, I think you've made a very, very nice mix of going back and forth between the cleans and uncleans and really, not that there's a balance, but it seems balanced when you listen to it.
1: Yeah, and you know, the other thing that helps too is... um, I really hate the idea that anybody would look at Nick and go, oh, he's just a screamer right. because he's a tal- he's a talented guy. And uh, since our last record, I've really been pushing him to uh, work on singing because I know he can do it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was just like him kind of realizing that he can. And he really set his mind to it. And he's on this record uh, a number of places where he's, singing in a way that really fits his voice. And it's awesome. It's awesome for me. I love that there's another strong voice uh, on the record that's, that's bringing some melody to the table. And uh, it just creates more texture to the music and something, something else for the listener to, th- you know, to hear and, and enjoy, I guess.
0: No, that's absolutely true. And yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, that I was hearing that different range and that different tone in there as well so no that's great that's a great idea to be able to bring that extra element to the band for sure because it's not like anything was getting stale but now you're also a four-piece so you're doing that guitar work as well so that's got to take a little bit of the pressure off you right
1: yeah definitely and and also just for the sake of the live show too because i think it just showcases uh his musicality more as well because uh, like when we write songs, we're thinking about playing them, not just how do we capture this because uh, you can capture anything nowadays and make it sound good. But we want we want to take some cool aspects of what you're hearing on the record and for people to see it live and go, oh man, that was Nick doing that because already people have been like, whose voice is that? <laughs> um, and I think that'll be cool for people to see him
0: developing as a, uh, as a musician as well. Absolutely, and you've got. From what I saw, you've got two more dates before the end of the year. And yeah. then are you planning on another big tour? Because you guys have been out, you guys have been out and about a lot over your careers. Do you know what the next step is for you?
1: Um, we're we're in a little bit of a holding pattern. Uh my my wife and I just had twins two weeks ago, actually.
0: Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. How so... is that? we're definitely gonna have to talk about that in a second, but go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's been awesome. Uh I'm more so just trying to figure out uh okay, we got to figure out our, our family basically, you know, and and um for me, you know, i am just trying to spend these last couple weeks enjoying a new boy and girl that live in our house, you know, it's <laughs> right pretty <you> amazing. <laughs> um, that's It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, and so I've just we haven't thought that far. Um our whole team's been really cool and they understand like you know just to give me a little bit of time to figure that out right um and just kind of get my family grounded and then we'll move forward from there um but it was funny because I found out my wife was pregnant in the middle of uh recording the record oh um because okay. Ben our bassist got uh got married also in the middle of our record Oh wow. and yeah. uh and so I you know we took like a uh short like recess and I went home for a day, and before I was going to fly out to the wedding, you know, my wife was—you know—she surprised me and said that uh, that she was pregnant, and I was just like
0: floored. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Wow! And so go out to yeah. When did you find out it was twins?
1: Um. (laughs) So yeah, at our first ultrasound, it's funny because like my my wife is actually a a triplet. Oh okay. um, So it wasn't. You know, when you find out that you're pregnant, you're not going, oh, my goodness, how many? Right. right. Uh, You're just stoked, you know? Sure. And, you know, obviously there's the talk of, like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? And we go, you know, we show up for the ultrasound, and uh, we were excited, and the nurse, like, put the little wand over my my wife's uh, stomach, and immediately I saw, like, these two little beans. Oh, wow. uh, And, like, my face was just, like, blank, and my wife's looking at me. She's like... What? What's going on? And <laughs> right. I didn't want to say anything because I'm, I'm not a doctor. Right. You know, right. I was just like, I'm pretty sure I saw two human beings in there. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm not going to weigh in until a professional says something. And then so the nurse was like, so here's your baby. It's doing fine. And then here's another one. And we just lost it. Uh, so it's pretty <laughs> awesome.
0: So how did that, like, did that change? Because I know... When I, when I did my initial reading of what this album was going to be about, you mentioned it's a concept album. That's what I read. So did anything right. change with these two? I mean, let's consider the marriage a, a life event as well. So you had a marriage <laughs> and knowing you're going to have twins coming into the world. <laughs> did, did any of that affect the album in general? Because I'm trying to, I mean, I haven't been able to look at the lyrics, but I'm not sure if I hear much of that in there.
1: No, all the lyrics were already written. Okay. Um, and so that didn't really affect it. But I mean, I was definitely like my head was in a different place then when we were tracking everything. Not like I was distracted, but probably almost more focused because I was just thinking, man, I really want this to be good. And I would really I was just thinking, wow, my, my kids are going to hear this one day. That's so cool. Um, and I'll be able to tell them like, you know, that. Because they heard all these songs while I was writing them. Because my wife, she always hangs out when I'm writing music and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Because she's actually, she's actually pretty helpful, especially when it comes to lyrics. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I kind of bounce stuff off of her. But, like, they were in her belly while I was uh, working on some of it. So uh, it's pretty cool. Um pretty cool thought so i don't know it was just kind of made me stoked and was excited to tell the guys at the studio
0: because they're all good friends and oh yeah they, they lost their minds so <laughs> yeah it was just a fun time well now that especially makes sense that you've got that break that, that little bit of a break coming up from yeah. doing shows <laughs> because that's that's a difference that i've seen with bands recently is a lot of bands have been on tour right when their album comes out and yeah that's been a lot different from what I remember from the past, it was always like, hey, we're going to put the album out and then we're going to set up some headlining tour or something to go along with it. You've got Twins that just arrived and then you're going to have your brand new album come out November 4th and then you're going to be taking like a little break. So that's got to be an interesting time for you.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, a lot of people in the industry might say it's not ideal our label had no problems at all like they understood like you can't stop that you know babies are coming they're coming uh <laughs> um but uh you know like bands bands are on tour when records come out nowadays because back in the day like there was a record store right Right That's where people went <laughs> to buy the record you know and wait nowadays, what i've never heard of that hold yeah. on <laughs> i know I say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This ancient ancient theory and concept. It really um, is now, yeah. That you actually had to get in a, a vehicle and go somewhere uh to get a record. You didn't just have to flick two things on your phone and it's there. Exactly. Um uh but you know, bands have become the record store, you know. Uh apart from iTunes, we're the record store. And so that's why, you know, bands will go on tour to, to help those first week sales, because for some reason in this crazy music industry, uh that, that number means a lot. Um, so, uh, it's strange. It's strange to me, but it makes sense, but it's, it's so ugly. It just makes
0: the band world really ugly at times. Uh, so true. I can see that. Yeah. That's probably out of all the conversations that I have with bands on the show. That's probably the one thing that comes up every single time is how important those first week sales are. And that's why, you know, at the end of the show, we'll talk more. I'll have links in the description so that people can get the pre-order merch bundles, all that stuff. I think all of my audience knows how important the first week sales are because we bash it into their brains all the time.
1: Yeah yeah and I feel b I feel bad, but it's just that's the nature of the beast, you know,
0: yeah, and I don't think you can i don't think I don't think anymore you can afford to feel bad about it because that's just the way things are now, and the other thing you can always do is go see you live and pick up the album, but especially if you're yeah. not going to be out on tour right away, then that's yeah. the best way to do it
1: definitely definitely
0: and now how are you when when you do go on tour, how are you with getting together with the audience. Like do you see a good reception? Do people come over and talk to you after the shows? Because you seem like a very fan friendly band.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love talking to people um after the show, before the show, you know, during the show. Um, you know, obviously it's nice to like kind of have some time to chill before we play, but right. um it's cool. Man, we've met so many interesting people and so many cool people and, you know, there's also lots of crazy people out there. Uh, but, like, that's just all part of the, the you know, experience, and I'm sure people have seen us and been like, that guy's nuts, or, like, I don't like him, you know, so that's just (laughs) the way, you know, our world is, but, yeah, it is cool, I I like interacting with people, and it's, like, it's the best when you meet people who, they just think, oh, this guy's cool, I want to go talk to him, not like, oh, my goodness, it's this guy from that band, and I'm going to tell you, tell you that you have a really cool beard if i got a nickel for every time somebody's like your beard's awesome i'm just like cool can we talk about something else right
0: well that was going to be that was going to be one of my questions was how did you get such a cool beard so i'm glad we got past that that works out very well very nice well let me ask you this for touring what is that thing that you look forward to the most? Is it that fan interaction or is it something else music wise that you really enjoy that you look forward to?
1: Um I don't know. It's so hard. Like there's so much to touring that's an experience, you know, like a lot like touring is like camping. So that's that's one thing I love about it. Um as well, um I just love like, being out on the road with the guys in my band, because there's, you know, there's, like, my some of my best friends, you know? Um, musically, I love playing. I love just, like, uh, putting my all out there and um, really trying to, like, help the audience, like, see us trying to recreate what they heard on the record. Right. Uh, but in, like, an in-your-face sort of way. Uh, so I don't know, man, there's so much to it. But I think... Really, some of my favorite things are, like, hanging out with guys that are, we're on tour with because mm-hmm. uh, that's when you can get to know people. You know, like, people at shows, you just kind of get a little snapshot. Um, same thing with, like, people at venues uh, that, that work there. Uh, but just, like, the people on the road, it, you just meet so many cool people and, like, you make friendships uh, with people that you probably wouldn't have any other way except for the fact that you were, like okay, I'm going to have to see you every day for a month, you know, and uh, it's like this like arranged friendship from parents or something. (laughs) Sure.
0: Or that that reason why you're still friends with buddies from college is because a computer put you together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I can understand that. Well, I'm guessing... You've made plenty of friends band-wise, at least, because I'm assuming that some of the vocalists from Reprise are also bands that you've toured with that you're also friends with, right? Yeah, yeah. How did that all come about? Like, I know that you started or you start a lot of your songs acoustically, and then you go from there, but what kind of made you want to do an EP like this? Because I have a question about your previous EP as well, but for Reprise... What a novel idea to take friends to come on do guest vocals on fan favorite songs. Like, it's a great idea. Like, when did it come to you that that would work out so well?
1: Well, one of my favorite things that, and and this is why he's on the EP, uh, his name's Aaron Troyer from Come Wind. Oh, sure. Um, back in the day like before we were even signed we we did we played tons of shows with those dudes some of our best friends and did some short tours with them and uh we would just break out the acoustic and just sing like songs like nonsense songs or like fun songs or whatever and it's just fun to do that you know um and uh i you never get to do that as much as you really like on the road that I learned, you know, like this doesn't happen as much. And, uh, so I just thought it'd be cool to kind of give people that sort of feel like, um, our fans asked us, you know, can we have an acoustic version of this or can we have an acoustic version of that? Cause I would do like acoustic, you know, versions of our songs like out in the parking lot, you know, after shows, you know, and stuff like that. And some people videotaped it and put it up and, People were like, "Can you do that?" You know, and so I just wanted to think of a way to give our fans just that much, a little bit more, you know, um, to say like, "Hey, th- this is our buddy, and we love them, and we love their voice and their craft and their skill, um, and the way that they're gifted, and uh, we wanna we wanna showcase them on a song, and also um, have them like add something to these songs too because of their of their talent." So. Um, that it was cool for us to do that.
0: No, absolutely, for sure. Now, did you ever get to do these live when you toured around with someone? Did you ever get to go out, like, for, for today, did you get to go out and do one of these with them?
1: No, because it was all after the fact. We've actually never toured with for today. Oh, and that's I, right.
0: I, Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Yeah.
1: I've never, uh, yeah, we've never toured with them, but for some reason we just ended up always landing in the same place a lot of the time. And so I really got to know Ryan and his brother pretty well and uh and we knew dave from back in the day he used to play in this band called i think the crimson ramada or something oh sure uh, uh just from playing locally in ohio uh but uh yeah so all of like th- these relationships were like after having done tours with them uh so um like i haven't seen michael from being as an ocean in a while which would be awesome to see him but uh Um, yeah, but yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe one day that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And I remembered I mixed it up with Emery. That's, that was the band I mixed mixed up for today with Emery. So my bad. Oh, gotcha. I also want to talk, you know, you talk about paying respect to bands and kind of being able to put them on reprise and showcase their talent. I really, today I I went back old school because I've been a fan of yours for such a long time. I went to Back to School, and oh, I listened to that again, and that's just a fun, fun album. Like that is so, yeah, so much fun. Like obviously, these are bands that inspired you, but how did you go about choosing these certain tracks? Because you chose four, and they're four great bands, and they're four great songs. You didn't shy away from doing some of the more popular ones, which I think a lot of bands do. And yeah. I really, I liked hearing Sleepwalking. You know, I really yeah. liked hearing that track from you guys. Like, how did that all come about?
1: Well, I think the reason why all those songs were picked in those bands, uh, for each of those bands, that, that was like, that, those were the first songs that I heard from them that, like, sold me on, like, wow, this is definitely going to be a favorite band of mine. Um, and because I, I remember, like, the time and the place, also seeing those bands play those songs live, you know, um, having learned how to play those songs, uh, when I like first started playing guitar. So there was like so much tied to it and everybody in the band felt that way towards, uh, those bands and those songs as well. And, you know, it's tough because like our goal was not to like make it our own. Our goal was really just to like, kind of like, just to be honest, just cover it. Um, because some people are like oh i thought you were going to make it like heavier it's just like no the song's super heavy you know and that it's yeah and for us it was almost like trying to show people like people like the song because we covered it but they'd never heard it before and trying to trying to expose them to new music you know as well and to kind of see where we've come from uh and that like they like these songs cause they hear our familiar, our familiar voices and it's newer recordings. Uh, but it's like, these songs are great long before we ever, ever covered them, you know? Uh, so it was kind of like paying homage to those bands and some people thought like, you know, Oh, you should have done this, you should have done that. But, uh, it was really for us just kind of like a cool and fun thing to do. It was a quick thought and we just threw it together, like in between tours. Um and so it was yeah it was a lot of fun. It was fun for me tracking vocals. That was like the most fun.
0: Oh, I uh, imagine so. Yeah.
1: Cuz I've sung those songs so many times just not into a microphone. Um <laughs> like I learned how to sing singing to those songs. Uh so that was cool for
0: me to 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 give it a shot. And that actually transitions a lot into what I wanted to talk to you too. So lyrically and vocally, like how did you progress in life like how did you decide you wanted to be a vocalist where did that come from and then you also play guitar as well when did you start with that
1: so guitar came first um but I always sang like I always I wasn't like that kind of person that like didn't like the idea of singing out loud I just like I was never like the showman for sure uh but but I always like I enjoyed it like you know uh I wasn't ashamed to like sing in my car because I like what i was hearing and i wanted to sing it it was fun you know uh but guitar came first and it mostly just came from a love of music you know hearing songs of bands i love like thrice and thursday um you know and brand new and just wanting to wanting to know how to recreate that like it's like that looks like fun you know and so i just kind of taught myself how to play guitar from learning how to play songs you know from these bands like i mean it Started a little bit earlier, like, I started, like, playing Linkin Park. That was, like, probably, like, the first songs I remember. Linkin Park and Green Day, those were, like, the songs I played on guitar Uh, because it was, like, a little bit more attainable at that time. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and so I just, learning how to play guitar mostly just came from learning how to play songs, and then I pretty quickly, like, jumped into writing because it was a lot of fun playing other people's songs, but I was playing somebody else's song, you know, I was like, I want to do, I want to do that. I wonder, I wonder if I could do that. And so, man, I just stumbled through the dark world of trying to write music for a long time. and just wrote some really hideous compositions (laughs) and, uh, eventually found my way into something that was like maybe a a D plus or C minus. And, uh, those were some of the first Wolves of the Gate songs. Um, but, but singing wise, It's funny. I did not want to be the singer of this band.
0: Um, Not to set you off track there, but I was kind of thinking, I've had conversations with bands before where you talk about limiting yourself a little bit when you're a lead vocalist and playing lead guitar because you are working so hard at both of them that sometimes it limits one or the other. Is playing guitar and singing, is that like a comfort zone for you? Do you feel a little protected behind the guitar?
1: Oh, definitely. I would be a very, um, boring or like probably just like uncomfortable for everyone to watch, like without a guitar. People would probably all be thinking like, man, that guy is so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't have the personality for it. Uh, and so maybe I do, but I, I highly doubt it. It would have to come with some serious training and maybe some hypnosis. I
0: gotcha. So Nick's doing most of the jumping around and, oh, yeah, and oh, really yeah. doing that front man stuff. I see.
1: Yeah. And it's natural for him. Like, it's not forced, you know, like, cause the first time I saw him perform, he just, that he was just doing what he wanted to do, you know? Um, and what I want to do is like be behind a microphone and my guitar.
0: <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Understood. So, really, you started writing. You started trying out the singing part. Did you ever do vocal lessons or anything?
1: No, uh, just a lot of trial and error. Um, oh wow! Yeah, because I tried to. I remember trying to sing one time, and uh, when I first started writing music, and uh, I like I performed something at school, and uh, I remember this girl who was really talented, piano player and singer, and she came up to me and she was just like. You probably should never sing again, and I. And uh, like that sounds really mean, and it was, but I didn't take it as like a crushed teenager. I was just kind of like, I guess she's right because she's pretty good at singing. So I was (laughs) like, I'm just gonna keep singing in my car, I guess. Um, But uh, when I got the, the the band was formed, and we were like, we had jammed through the songs as many times as. You really can. I remember Ben, our bassist, was like, uh, So we need a vocalist or something. And I said, Well, I, and I was like, Well, I have like vocal ideas, but like we need to find a singer. And Ben was just like, Well, can you just like, what's your vocal idea? And I was like, uh, Do you want me to play the melody on the guitar? He's like, Why don't you just sing it? And I was like, uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how it started. And we never found a guy who would sing. So it ended up being me. And so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, so I I need to figure out how to do
0: this. Um, well, I yeah. can say you certainly did because you're a very good vocalist, so it works out very yeah. well.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I, I can't really take much credit. Other than, yeah, I, I don't know how I got here to be honest.
0: <laughs> you got you got pushed out there, and it worked out very well. We can say that. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure did.
0: You can hear changes in your vocals. From each album that you've done, is that something you've worked to try for, or is that again has someone just been like, "Hey, why don't you try this?" and you do it and it works? The
1: tone of my voice, yeah, like,
0: tones and and yeah. pitch and and range.
1: Yeah, well, the range thing that's that's grown each record, um, not because I'm thinking I want to sing something higher because all I think is that's just gonna be, that's gonna make me really tired when we play live, <laughs> um, but. To me, it's just what fits the song, and there were so many times where, like, I remember writing the bird and the snake, and the vocals at the end, you know, it's like, that has to happen, um, you know, for it to fit the story and the tone and the part of the song and the intensity, and that's why our guitars get tuned so low, so that I can, like, sing the songs properly, you know, not just in the studio, but live, and, like, I wasn't going to tune my guitar lower than A. So I was like, you're going to need to figure this out, big guy. Um, right, um, right. So that's really how where the range thing has come in. It's just in writing songs and melodies, and it's like, this is the best melody. And so I, I need to learn how to, how to do this comfortably and train my voice to do it. Um, but tonally, more and more, um, I... I really want people just to hear what my voice sounds like, not like a comp- like the best compilations of all of my takes. Um I want people to hear what is most natural. Um and I also want people to hear what my voice sounds like without uh you know, this crazy autotune tune on it. Um and so that was definitely like our first record captors was mm-hmm. like really really clean and some of that was part of my fault because I was being really anal about it because it's it's your your first first record. record. Right. Yeah. You
0: want everything to go very well.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because we would play, you know, when we toured that record, I'd be singing the parts and I'm like, man, that sounded way cooler than what I did in the studio. And it was because I was trying to make everything like work, um, and sound like perfect. Um, but perfect isn't always the coolest thing. Um, so that's that's what I I tried to kind of harness that more and more uh on each record. Um and also my voice changes just from touring so long, you know, and singing, you know, when I'm singing at a show like I'm at I'm up in a certain range for a long time. And it's not that it hurts my voice, but you know, it just it adds character really like you hear some of my favorite musicians, you know, you hear their voices change over the course of their career. Oh, yeah. And it's, coo- it's so cool to hear that um, because it's, it continues to add character. Um,
0: so I think it's awesome. Yeah. And with you being on your third album, you know, not even counting the EPs, you can definitely tell that on this one as well. Was there anything that you were going for specifically tone wise at all? Was there anything that you were trying for specifically with Types and Shadows?
1: Um, I guess vocally is, uh, learning how to use my voice more effectively, uh, in certain parts, you know, because every time I record, I I see what my weaknesses are and I try to learn from that and, and, and grow. Uh, and for me as a vocalist, um, I really learned this on our last record that I'm i I was not as strong as I wanted to be in a lower register actually like like very low like the, the low end of my um my range um and uh that was something I really wanted to work on because there's so many times it can be really cool to you know kind of like have the microphone right up uh right- right up close and and capture kind of like low gravelly singing, but then As well, like, learning when to put grit on my voice. Like, there's a lot of natural grit on my voice when I sing, uh, just because of the way I was born, I guess. But there's other, you know, there's times where you can put more on it. Um, And I definitely, like, you know, I can look back through records and see how I was, like, overcompensating. And then other times where it was, like, I tried so hard to make it
0: clean where I should have just let it rip, you know? Uh, So... I can hear that in this album too, and I think other people will. There are definitely times where I could have seen you go cleaner if you wanted to, but instead you hear that gravel at the end, and I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and you know what, too, is just for me also just getting inside the headspace of like the story I was writing about and how I wanted to communicate that line, too, like, uh, and how it can fit better if I sing it a certain way, too. So,
0: well, actually that's a good place to go off there. What were you going for in Types and Shadows? Because I know you don't want to give everything away, but Mm -hmm. if you can give, and I'm sure this is cliche, you know, with, with all the press you've been doing, I'm sure you've talked about this a lot, but I think it helps the audience just to understand where you're coming from. What's the part of the concept that you can tell people and then they can kind of explore it more when they get the album themselves?
1: Yeah, so I'd say there's definitely like a couple threads throughout all the stories, um and one for sure is um we as people especially in our culture focus a lot on empowerment um and self-empowerment and not that i not that uh like we're against anybody having like we don't want anybody to be depressed or anything but we all think far too highly of ourselves than we should everybody does even oh, the yeah. most even the most humble person you've ever met Um, and, uh, um, especially being, uh, being, uh, being Christians and writing songs about the gospel, um, Christians are sometimes the worst, you know, they, we really try to paint ourselves as these squeaky clean people who, and we make Christianity to be about what we do. And that's not, that's not necessarily true much. I'd say the heart and center of Christianity is what is done what, is, what has been done for sinners. Um, okay. And uh, I think our co- our Christian culture is so messed up and we've so messed up people's perspective of what the gospel actually is because uh, we make it about us. We make it about what we do. And then we also look at other people and go, look at you do, you should be like this. And this is why you're going to hell. Here's the thing. Everyone deserves hell. No one, the that ground is leveled because all have sinned. Uh, all have sinned, and all of us—no one would claim to be perfect, right? Everyone knows that they have not lived perfect lives, and that they—no uh, one would claim that. No one would—no one who's sane, I guess, you know. And a huge theme of this record is—is is kind of exposing the. F- I-, I want people to see that in the characters, mm-hmm. um, and so that they would see that in themselves, but for them to—for kn- them to know that the fact that we are all so flawed uh, and, and tarnished by our sin is that there's a God who is willing to receive sinners. But the problem is, is that so often Christians make Christianity seem as if uh, uh, Jesus came for the righteous. He said he didn't, he did not come for the righteous. He came for the unrighteous. He didn't right. come for those who were healthy, but those who are sick. And, uh, that's the gospel message is that those that see that they're sick, sick with their sin, God is more than willing to remedy that, uh, with the Christ sacrifice for them. And it's just so frustrating to me that, um, that message is missed by so many because it's, it's not spoken of, you know, Christianity becomes about like, uh, just being do-gooders. And you know what? Like I, I'm not against that. You know, I, you would want people to do what is right before God, uh, definitely. Um, but that's not what saves anyone. That's not what makes anyone right before God that actually condemn that condemns you to think that you could do anything that would please God, uh, because he was, he demands perfection. Um, but he's also provided, uh, uh salvation for us because we aren't perfect. And that, it's just so beautiful. You know, it's so beautiful that, God would do something at much cost to himself, you know, the cost of his son's life um, Mm -hmm. to, to save people like us, you know, who are so broken and messed up. Um, But that's what we want people to see is that that's who the Gospels for.
0: Interesting. Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah. And so that's just where really the, the title types and shadows comes from is that all these songs are types and shadows of this beautiful work that God has done to redeem sinners. And they're all just, there's stories, you know. There, it's not the substance; it's just the story, you know. Um, okay. Um, like the these are types and shadows of the substance, which is God and His saving work uh, for mankind. Interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I look. I can't wait to jump into the lyrics book. And for me, as people know, I mean, I've had "Silent Planet" on. I've had "Fit for a King," "Convictions," "Forevermore." I am not a religious person myself, but I still find it very interesting to talk about all this stuff because I think what you're saying is very true. And especially now, it seems like you have a way, way, way more uphill battle because really the only people that I've had good conversations about religious <laughs> like religious beliefs and everything and what's going on is on this show. Normally, mm. if it's another religious person trying to convert me or trying to do something, they're talking more the way you were talking about the people that don't understand what the actual message is supposed to be, and that's yeah, always you know a tough what?
1: part. It's strange. It's kind of a catch twenty two because the the gospel message really is offensive to us as people because no one likes to hear that, uh, like you deserve you deserve hell, right? No one likes to hear that. I, I didn't like I didn't like hearing that when I heard it. But the the question you have to ask yourself is that true, according to, and do you believe the Bible? There's a number of things that you have to you know you have to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just the problem comes in the fact that it's exactly that. It's usually the people that uh, are that don't present the gospel properly are the ones that think of themselves too highly, um, because. They if they understood the gospel, they wouldn't be coming to you and uh, heaping condemnation upon you because we don't I don't have that power. Right. I'm a man. I'm just a man. That's all I am. And all I'm do. all I want to do is bring a message to people. Um, and you know, so unfortunately, th- yeah. they're speaking the loudest as well. Yeah, well, yeah, cuz the media loves them the most too. Yes. You know, yeah, I mean that makes her that makes her good news. You know, Westboro Baptist, oh, they're going to get a lot way more airtime than my church will because yep. uh they're caricatures. Yes, they you are. You know. Yeah. And people it's funny as much as people hate them, they also love them because it's entertaining. Oh, for and sure. most people just yeah, most people just want to be entertained, you know, if if they put up the sermons that our pastor preaches you know, on Sundays on TV, people would, uh, not be entertained because they don't see value in, in the true, the true message. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's where it's ironic.
0: Yes, it is. (laughs) That's why the election is where it is right now is because people just want entertainment.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. You know, and that's just what's happened with our culture. And they don't, want to think, because I think thinking scares our culture because we've just become very dumb. Yes. And so the idea, so all sorts of aspects of the truth, you know, whether it is regarding politics, uh, social issues, and, and, you know, for me, what's always at the top of my mind is regarding the gospel, you know, because who wants to think about the frailty of their humanity when you can go on YouTube and laugh at cat videos for, <laughs> you know, four hours. Um, um, it's like, I can shut that out of my mind. I don't have to think about that, but we want to raise this question because it exists. We know young people that have died, friends of ours, you know, like there is something that needs to be considered. You know, there is, uh, there is a God that all will face and we want them to consider the fact that, uh, there is hope in this life right? Uh, because other than outside of the salvation that God offers, there really is no hope. Uh, and uh, it sounds grim and bleak, but I only say those things to say the beautiful things. And that's what you'll see on the record is that there's lots of grim and bleak things that need to be said so that the beauty of what God offers can be seen. Uh, and that's really kind of the... Um, the goal of what we wanted people to see lyrically.
0: Sure. The end message to your albums is that there is hope through God.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I would, I would hate, cause the other thing too, there's plenty of Christian bands that like to talk about how messed up this world is. And it's just like, Dude, I already know that. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like
0: I I have the internet, right? Right? Yeah, it's coming out. I mean, the media is coming at you from every single direction. We know how much yeah. things suck right now. Yeah, I yeah,
1: and, yeah, and just life in general. Because you know what? Like everybody, everybody's got stuff they're going through, and I, I don't care who you are. Like some people try to pretend like some some people have it worse than others. I think it's just hard for everyone in different ways. Um, even for like that rich person that has it all, like they don't have it all. They're most like their, their happiness is probably so fleeting, you know? And, um, and, and so I, I think that everyone really feels the weight of this, the frailty of this life, you know, because what you have now is gone tomorrow. You know, you look at celebrities, like I was just, I don't know why uh but something came across like my eyes on the internet about like mel gibson and how he's like fallen from like any sort of uh esteem in hollywood it's like he used to be he used to be the guy you know absolutely and now he's like He's the scorn of Hollywood, you know? I don't and know you these leave, things are. You leave one too many voicemail
0: messages. It's going to catch up to you at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I don't know the backstory, but that sounds funny.
0: Oh, well, not for the people. <laughs> not for the people he left messages for, but in general, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was just basically saying, you know, like life is tough for everybody because we weren't designed to live the way that we naturally seek to live, which is to try to find satisfaction in anything other than, uh, knowing God. Um, you know, man doesn't know its creator. And so it's broken from the beginning. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it it doesn't really matter what walk of life you're in. Everyone feels it.
0: That makes sense. Now, like I said, I'm not a religious person, so I don't know everything that goes behind all that. But for me, one of the things that makes me happy. And the reason why I do this show is to talk to people that are so passionate about the music that they make. And also, I just love music. You know, I have the specific genres and everything that I listen to. And that's really the music I love. And that's why I talk to people like you on the show is because I love your music. But even the message that you're putting out through your songs, through every album, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time, since the beginning, even though that message may not exactly come across to me I'm still getting the positive message from your music from the talent that comes from it from the way that it makes me feel enjoying what you have you see what I mean
1: yeah no definitely and I mean not because I like I told you I I jammed the new every time I die record right you know <laughs> for me like you know he uh, their vocalist has you know he, he seems to be a pretty thoughtful guy um, and and like an actual thinker um, you know, and so it's always interesting to listen to the things that he says. And, you know, I don't agree with uh, a number of things, you know, that he'll say in a said song. Uh, but to me, like, I'm, it's just cool. It's for me cool to hear, okay, well, this guy's thinking and this is what he thinks. Right. Um, and a lot of times I'm always just thinking, I'd love to just sit and chat with these people. Oh, sure. And kind of like see where they're at. And because uh, that's what I love about tour. Like we toured so many bands and so many different people and people that have thought that like I'm wacko but I want to know why they think I'm wacko because I want to see where they're coming from and what has informed their worldview and stuff like that and so um yeah it's it's cool because it doesn't I I think that there's a way to enjoy music in different forms there's some stuff that I, I like I can't enjoy because of its content because it's just there's like nothing at all like Thoughtful about it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit!
0: Well, let me, um, not to put you on the spot, and you don't have to answer this, but are you talking like, what about a band like the Amity Affliction or Bring Me The Horizon, which have made very outwardly anti-religious tracks and anti-religious music? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Or can you still find, can you separate the message from the music itself?
1: Yeah, well, I they're not bands that, Come to mind. I don't really know Amity Afflictions' content. I know I know a little bit of Bringing the Horizons' content, you know. And it's interesting to see uh, where there's things that he'll say um, in some of his lyrics that I actually agree with um, because it's actually true. Um, but you know, like there's stuff that, like for me, that they've said in their songs. It's like just kind of like hard to listen to. Um, cause I, I think it's offensive, but, uh, as musicians, you know, I think that they're talented and, and that's where it's hard for me. You know, I'm still trying to sift through all those waters of like, what, like, what should I listen to? You know, um, not that like,
0: yeah. Well, what do you listen it, to? Is there anything, especially recently, 2016 for all the terrible things that have happened in the world and, and everything... <laughs> you know, awful that way, it's been a very, very good year for music, especially in this whole scene. Has there been anything that you've listened to recently? Besides, I know you mentioned Polar Similar, but is there anything else that kind of, that kind of gets you going?
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that record, uh, like you said, Low Teens, um, Oh Brother put out a new record called Endless Light. Oh, sure. Uh, That's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, I think it's their best record. Um, to date um i'm trying to think through it, i'm i'm always like wrong at like what year things came out oh so uh, like the the new thrice record is uh really really cool uh really black honey right yep a really great mixture of like it felt like a it felt like a greatest hits album but of all new songs if that makes any sense
0: <laughs> kind of didn't stick to one genre almost. They kinda switched around so I can understand because they yeah. went through such a metamorphosis from the beginning to yeah. where they are now. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so they basically it just seemed like they pulled from like lots of different times of the band's life and like and like like really seasoned and mature versions of them. So that that was a cool record. Um what else came out this year? I think uh also I think it came out this year. Uh, The singer of Thrice, Dustin Kensru, he put out a solo record that was really, uh,
0: really rad. Oh, interesting. I might have to check that out then. That must have missed my radar. See, it's very tough. Sometimes we're doing seven or eight album reviews on the weekly show. So it's very tough. Yeah. We're just inundated with new music. And it's great sometimes because you find bands that you never would have or that you lost track of, and now you're listening to them again, and it's great. But sometimes you just completely miss out on something.
1: Yep. Yeah. I uh, I know what you mean, man. It's hard. There's so much going on. There's so much out there. And um, it's really easy to miss stuff. I'm trying to think through what, what else was out this year that – I was really into, I'm sure there's more stuff, but it's just escaping my mind. Yeah.
0: No worries. I just, there are some bands that just won't listen to anything. And there are some that will only listen to music that's outside of the genres, but you're kind of listening to stuff that's within what we normally talk about on the show, which is also interesting in itself.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's, it's funny because I don't always find myself doing that and I, it's it, you're right. It has been a good year for music because lots of bands that I'm into have put out records for the last couple of years. I felt like there was a lull of like any record I could really enjoy. That's heavy. Uh, that has like heavy elements to it. Um, and so that's been cool for me because it's mostly been listening to a lot of bands that aren't heavy. Cause just, there aren't a lot of, you know, great. There weren't a lot of great records put out, Right. you know, but like Deftones put out a new record. That was really cool. That one, took time to grow on me yeah gore Uh, took a little
0: while for me too
1: (laughs) yeah but in the end i I actually did like it because i remember like we're all sitting in the van all of us in the band listening to it and and we're just like did any of you guys get into that and we're like i don't know man we gotta try again because they're a great band and so i did again and it started growing on me and and i really enjoy it now so that is cool jimmy world just came out with a new record like i think yeah, last fr- this past Friday, yep. love that band. Now, uh, have you listened they, to the album yet? Though uh, not all the way through, just the singles. I gotta down. I was just thinking today. I was like, man, I gotta download it. I'm like, I spend so much money on songs.
0: <laughs> <But thanks laughs> yeah, for, yeah uh, oh yeah, me too. The amount of merch me bundles able, I have, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> I know. Thankfully, I'm able to write it off in my taxes. Ah, uh, yes, because I'm a musician. And as, it, apparently, it's research.
0: Yeah, believe it uh, or not, I'm allowed to do the same thing for a podcast. That's great. I'm glad you can do that. I'm very happy, too, because I did not realize I could do that until, until I did research, and I was like, jeez, I got to do this. Yeah.
1: I didn't realize how much I loved research.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Well, <laughs> let me let me tell you, I, you're going to have to contact me after you listen to uh, Integrity Blues, because yeah. we just did a review for it, and it did not go well. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I don't know if it's, I'm not expecting, I never expect bands that stay the same for so long like bleed american yeah. came out 15 years ago and they put out yeah. an album every three years so they've changed yeah. for sure but they lost me i think it was chase again it was whatever album they put out in like 2000 chase this light yeah yeah i think that was it it was like 2007 yeah. yeah that's where yeah. i left so i missed two albums until this one and they're uh, okay. yeah they're indie rock now and oh, it's a little gotcha. tougher for me
1: yeah, that that would be a little confusing. Yeah, they definitely they definitely like turned indie-ish uh, from. Uh, I think it was invented. That was like the record after Chase the Light. Gotcha. Um, so I I I can see what you're saying. If you miss that, you're kind of just like, what happened to like almost kind of like bubblegum rock? Not to man, I don't mean to demean them at all, but it's just like no, fun rock
0: yeah. music, poppy poppy pop punk. You know?
1: Yeah, and, and they're a huge influence for me. Like. We thought about covering "Sweetness" uh, when we did the Back to School EP because love that song. Another song that was in the mix was "Clocks" by Coldplay.
0: Oh, really? Um, that will make yeah. That will make my co-host very, very happy because we make fun of him constantly for liking Coldplay, so he's gonna <laughs> love Jackson. That's your shout out. He's gonna love it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, there's there's probably lots of bands that people would make fun of me for listening to like uh, like Matt. Uh, from Emory was making fun of me about uh, Matt and actually more so Toby. Toby was really hamming on me for liking uh, Need to Breathe but I think it's just because he's heard like their like uh, no offense guys but their cheesy radio singles if you listen to their records they're really talented really creative Um, you know kinda like in the same sort of vein as like Kings of Leon which I also love um, that one you lost me on that one i can't listen to anything s- on yeah sorry man it just it hit me at the right time in my life and
0: now i just I'm, i love him so that happens that's why i love the song call me maybe you know i completely <laughs> get it that's right just that, that exact right time no i completely that's interesting i
1: wonder what that time of your life was because that that would be a pretty special time, I guess.
0: Yeah, it was it was a great time. It's a great time in my <laughs> life. I had my girlfriend, it just it worked out perfectly. Now it's just like, ah, where'd that great time in my life go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Man, I just realized I looked at I looked at the time. It seems like we could probably talk for a lot longer, but I don't want to take up the rest of your night. I just want to make sure, did we get everything out about types and shadows that you'd like everyone to know?
1: Sure. I mean, you know what? The biggest thing for people to know is that we have a new record and give it a shot. Uh, you know, I there's this this thing nowadays where you can listen to music and not pay for it. Uh so at least just try and listen to it. And if you're into it, then buy it. Don't 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 pirate it because uh uh there's already yeah, there's already enough of that going around. Not because I like i it's so funny whenever people that talk about piracy, you know, some bands are like, I don't care, download it, you know. But at the end of the day, like, everybody cares. Everybody wants their record to get bought because it just helps them keep creating music. And that's, you know, maybe some guys, they just want to be famous and make tons of money. Well, that's true, too. Uh, t- <laughs> yeah. To me, if I could just pay my bills and I could keep writing music, that would be really cool.
0: Well, look, um, I'll get very mad at the audience if they don't pre-order or at least buy this album first week because you specifically mentioned in the show that you have twins now and someone <laughs> has to pay for them to eat and have a life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're going to eat. It will probably be me that doesn't eat. They'll definitely eat, but uh, <laughs> if you're if you're feeling generous, there might be days I don't eat so that my
0: kids can eat. So help a help a brother out. Yeah, exactly. We'll definitely have uh <laughs> We'll definitely have links in the description of the show so that people can do pre-order bundles as well. Because Types and Shadows comes out November fourth, so you still have plenty of time to pre-order. And then, you know, hey, pick it up for the holidays. You know, give give it to somebody. I'm telling you, and and I think I mean I do have a show. I think people take my recommendations seriously. I really really love this album, and I think awesome. you guys you guys knocked it out of the park. Not to use a cliche statement, but I I mean, Solid State Records has been killing it this year, and this is probably the last release, and what a way to finish out the year. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Steve. This was awesome. Much appreciated. Anything you want to leave the audience with? Uh, no. Thanks for listening. Great. Thank you very much, Steve. Much appreciated. All right. Take care. And I am back I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I had a lot of fun talking with Steve about everything Wolves at the Gate and everything in between. I thought it was a great conversation. I think that conversation should have gotten you extremely excited for Types and Shadows coming out on November 4th. It was great talking with Steve. There are links in the description of this episode, but just to make sure you know where to go, you can go to Wolves at the Gate." Dot merchnow.com. That way you can go ahead and pre-order Types and Shadows As I've mentioned many times already Just gotta keep beating that into your head Because it is such a great album You can also get in touch with Wolves at the Gate At wolvesatthegate.com You can also go to facebook.com Slash Wolves at the Gate Instagram Wolves at the Gate And Twitter Wolves at the Gate See? It's pretty easy Wolves at the Gate And then everything else will get you in touch with them So make sure to support them You can also support Ian Hates Music by rating, subscribing, and sharing on iTunes especially. But don't forget, we're also available on Stitcher, Google Play Music, and all your favorite podcast listening apps. That way, you will always be able to get the show. And on that note, you can also download and stream every single episode of Ian Hates Music and Ian Hates Movies on www.ianhates.com. And of course, you are encouraged to interact with me. Twitter and Instagram is Ian Hates Podcast. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash IanHates. You can also email me, Ianhates at gmail.com. So I'd like to thank Steve once again. That was a really, really fun conversation. I learned a lot. Very happy because I've been a fan of Wolves at the Gate for such a long time. It was great to get a chance to go over all these questions I have with them. And like I said, hopefully you learned something as well. I'd also like to thank Jerry from Jerry Graham Publicity for setting all this up. Much appreciated as always, Jerry. And I'm going to say it one more time. Make sure you pre-order or during the first week, make sure you pick up a copy of Types and Shadows. It really will be worth your time. Solid State Records is just killing it this year, and this is just putting a cap on everything. So great. So I'm going to leave you with one more taste of Types and Shadows. We'll end today with Flickering Flame. So I'll leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.